Welcome to a very special, very upbeat hour of Highway 89. I'm your host, Tim Slover. Throwback jazz meets edgy pop meets funky blues. I hope you can wrap your musical heads around that combo, dear listeners, because today in studio are the recently formed, multi-talented, multi-instrumental, taking the musical world by storm, frequently bow-tie-wearing men of the jazz, pop, blues, high-wire act, We Are the Strike. Welcome, Strike. This summer, We Are the Strike beat out hundreds of auditioning bands to play one of the nation's largest Fourth of July parties, the Freedom Festival Stadium of Fire at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. There, they turned 40,000 audience members into 40,000 screaming, stomping We Are the Strike fans when they opened for stars Kelly Clarkson and Carly Rae Jepsen. This band has rich, rich roots and influences. Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson... Bruno Mars, so a little bit of doo-wops and hooligans in these guys. They've also played with the lead singer of Chicago, Jason Sheff, the Piano Guys, and Mason Jennings. They're releasing singles and triplets on iTunes, some of which we'll hear today. They're a force on YouTube. They've just produced their first music video. They've won a battle of the band's fight to the death, and they have lots of concerts lined up. Scott Warner, CEO of Gig, opines that We Are the Strike are, quote, truly talented artists with a refreshing new sound that sets them apart from the rest. Impressive stuff. These guys are definitely going places. Student Review have proclaimed the band the next big thing. Okay, get out your pencils in case there's a quiz later. Here are the gentlemen who collectively are the strike. Lead singer and songwriter Chris Crabb, keyboard player and co-songwriter and co-band founder Jake Justice, Drummer Matt Millington, Rob Qualls on bass, Brady Bills and Chase Baker on guitar, and making up the brass section, Austy Robinson trumpet, Marcus Anderson trombone, and sax player Miles Lawrence. That's nine if you were keeping count. Let's hear some music. We Are the Strike are going to play Robbing Me Blind, which you can hear and see as a music video by going to the band's website, wearethestrike.com. Robbing Me Blind. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Okay, now you know what I'm talking about. That was Robbing Me Blind, performed live on Highway 89. I'm Tim Slover, and we've got We Are The Strike, a new band from Provo, Utah, in the studio right now. Chris Crabb, who's standing in front of me now, is the band's front man, and his vocal cords are the origin of those high tenor notes you just heard. <laughs> uh, there's a video online of you hitting the high notes from a Prince song. Uh-huh. Uh, your voice gets up there. Is that natural, or did you train yourself to get into the stratosphere? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Uh... Can you sing? Uh, what's the highest note you've ever hit? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never checked. Probably something I should find out. Well, this whole band is different from a lot of other bands in yeah. that you're all really musically talented Thank you. and very multi-instrumentally. You all know the theory side of music um, uh, as well as play so well. You want to talk a little bit about that? How did you decide what instruments everybody would play if everybody can play different <laughs> instruments? Well, I think everyone's capable of playing, uh, you know, an array of different instruments. But, you know, we certainly play some stronger than others, you know. I think, you know, pretty much everyone here is probably taking a course on, like, you know, basic jazz piano so that, you know, they can they can pluck along with But nobody's Jake Justice on the piano, you know what I mean? So we kind of just take our – it's comparative advantage, you know what I mean? It's just economics, you know, so we just pick uh, – <laughs> everyone's specializing here, you know. You play instruments too. I can play, yeah. Yeah, I'm not these guys, but I can play. And uh, but you chose vocals. Yeah, I think you just you know you pick your strength. You know you commit to something and, and go for it, and and then you develop it. You know. So. Okay, and you also uh, wrote a lot of these songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that go along with doing the vocals? Because you know this is what I want to sing. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I think with certain skill sets, you know, certain abilities comes other skill sets. So I've always wanted to be a creative person, and I think for some for whatever reason. 
people who are creative minded first, you know, they uh, vocals appeal to them because they get to be showmen and they get to, you know, write the songs and create. And I don't know. I, somehow they're all interwoven. I'm not exactly sure. You know what I mean? We, it's like uh, it's like you got a company with engineers and salesmen. You know what I mean? And so I'm a, I'm, I guess I'm more of a salesman in the sense that like I like to create, I like to interact, and we've got a bunch of the best engineers in the world back here. You know, essentially running things. You know, so you certainly have the right pedigree for a lead singer. Don't, aren't your parents also singers? Yeah, yeah. My parents are actually here today. They uh, they're also singers. Yeah, grew up a uh, very musical family. Um, mom and dad met playing in like a top 40 band and, and writing music together. Dad plays guitar. Uh, older siblings all are involved in music. Uh, had sisters involved in like theater and things like really? that. Really? So. so like everybody sang in the shower. Yeah, everyone sang in the shower. <laughs> yeah, so it was a it was an environment that uh, fostered. You know, uh, there was no judgment in the house essentially. So I was <laughs> able to kind of just trial and error my way into being able to sing somewhat. So. That's great. Now, you also speak languages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, English, I can tell right now you speak. <laughs> Barely. But other yeah. languages, too. And also, you do an Australian accent. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where you're getting your information. you got to check your sources, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told you do a killer Aussie uh, accent. You can't trust anything these guys say. Well, That's do you mind, can we <laughs> test it? Do you mind if we test it? Oh, um, man. I know your next song <laughs> is Walking Through a Fire. Do you think you could introduce that song in an Australian oh accent. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, man. All right, this next song that we're going to play here, Walking Through Fire, um, is written by Jake Justice on keyboards, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Too right, mate. All right. <laughs> so uh, we are going to, yeah, uh, we're, We Are the Strike is now going to play probably a slightly Americanized version of Walk Through a Fire. And the way you move your body's got me feeling drained Kind of satisfaction not to explain, oh no And I come across a paper so you won't get too scared And you say we're having fun that we ain't going nowhere But you can't keep me around here while you figure things out How to figure it out while you're holding me down Say 
We are the strike performing Walking Through a Fire on Highway 89. I'm Tim Slover, and uh, we're going to talk with Jake Justice here. Uh, Jake is making his way over some chords, but that's a made-up name, of course, right? Jake Justice. That's... Actually, it's not. That's my real name, and I have my driver's license to prove it. Okay, well, we may try to get that to happen a little later. <laughs> um, you're the keyboardist for the group. According to Twitter, so Uh-oh. it's got to be right. Uh-oh. You're a human jukebox. You don't look remotely <laughs> like a jukebox to me. What does that mean that you're a human jukebox? That means that at every single party or any event that I've ever gone to growing up since I was a child where there was a piano, um, you know, everybody would always ask me, oh, can you play this song? Can you play that song? And I always would. So wow. whenever people request songs and then I try to play them. So yeah. now, how does that? Can I, I'm not <laughs> musical, so I'm 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 one of those guys. I'd be saying that with my jaw open. How does that work? Can you just hear a song and remember it well enough, and it just translates to a keyboard for you? Um, well, I think uh, the way I was able to do that, I grew up in a very musical family. My mom owned a performing arts school in the Los Angeles area, Thousand Oaks, California, and um, I would after school every day. I would just come home. Uh, and I would go, well, I wouldn't come home. First, I'd have to go to this performing arts school, and I'd be bored, and I'd, all I had was this practice room with a piano in it, and so my favorite movie was Star Wars growing up, and it still probably is, so I would just listen to Star Wars recordings. I would, I would just listen. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, I would just listen to Star Wars recordings when I was like seven or eight and just try and figure out how to play it on the piano, and I think by doing that, I eventually I was able to learn the language of music, you know, through listening to music and just learning how to play it by ear. So it was a very long process, but I think I was able to uh, get a nice head start on it by starting young. Okay, that's fascinating to yeah. me. So Boba Fett, the best character in all of Star Wars, yeah? Uh, Boba Fett, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's not nerd alert. Sorry. Nerd alert. <laughs> um, you occasionally play gigs, uh, the band does, with a string orchestra. Is that right? Yeah, um, we've done a couple of gigs with uh, with about a 16-piece string orchestra. Um, we're A lot of us are in the School of Music here in Provo at BYU, um, and we have a lot of friends who play lots of different instruments. And the cool thing about being in a university setting is people are always willing to help each other out more than usual. So um, in April, we had a show in this really nice venue, and we just asked a bunch of our friends who are all brilliant string players if they would accompany us on a few of our songs. Nice. So we arranged a lot of string parts for, for some of our songs. The arranging, then, is something you all do. Is that right? Yes. I think we're all very talented at arranging, and we all, everybody, Chris and I write the songs, but all of us contribute to the arrangement of the songs because we're all masters of our own instruments, and we know how to do that best. So we all contribute in that process. You're a big film guy. Uh, Star Wars, but other movies too, right? Yeah. Favorite film composers besides Uh, John Williams? (laughs) (laughs) I definitely grew up on John Williams. Um, I'm kind of hoping that I can take the route in life of Danny Elfman or Hans Zimmer. They were in a band before they became uh, big film 
big time film composers. So I'm hoping that maybe the strike can sort of lead to that when I'm 50 or 60 years old. And obviously who wants to see 50 year old dudes playing in a band anymore? So once we get to that You'd point- You'd have to ask Mick Jagger. Uh, <laughs> uh, so these guys are just cannon fodder to you. This, they're oh, a stepping no. stone to your real career coming the, up. To be, to be honest, film scoring was definitely always the number one thing I wanted to do until I met Chris and until I met these guys. And honestly, I've never been happier in my life in any musical project that I've been a part of. So. Perfect answer. Thank you very much. Uh, we are the strike. We'll now ask the perennially relevant question. It never loses its urgency. Do you want to dance?
Do You Want to Dance? Live here in studio on Highway 89. I'm Tim Slover, and we are joined by We Are the Strike. Vocals Chris Crabb, Jake Justice keyboards, Matt Millington drums, bassist is Rob Qualls, Brady Bills and Chase Baker on the guitars and the brass section, Osti Robinson, Marcus Anderson, Miles Lawrence. We Are the Strike, wrapped up in you. Truth, I live. 
Wrapped Up in You, performed by We Are the Strikes, Chris Crabb, vocals, and keyboardist Jake Justice on the Steinway. Well, today We Are the Strike, a new and up-and-coming band from Provo, Utah, is in the studio. I'm Tim Slover, and you're tuned to BYU Radio, and I now have the great pleasure to speak with Chase Baker, one of the two guitarists in the band. And I'd like to ask you, Chase, about this stadium of fire and the competition that landed you there. Um, you for the second time, I think, right? That's You've done stadium of fire twice. Yes. Uh, I guess before I even want to hear about the competition, I just want to know what is it like to play for 40,000 people? It's pretty invigor invigorating. Like, probably one of the most exciting things, at least, I mean, as a guitar player, you like to play loud. So playing that loud in and of itself is very exciting. <laughs> But it was amazing. It was as I know that each and every one of us afterwards were still were still like we had all the chills that anyone can get before doing something great and amazing. Um, it was it was so much fun, a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, so you were like up for the next day or two, probably. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Let's talk about how you all got there uh, for this time, this year, mm -hmm. this year's Stadium Stadium of Fire. How was the competition structured? It was hosted by Gig.com. Uh, a website that hosts competitions where anyone can upload a video and based off of how many votes, public votes, uh, judge votes it gets, uh, that person, that artist or band can open up for the artist or band, the usually more famous, uh, they, can, they can open up for them if they win. The concept of this competition was based around opening up for Kelly Clarkson, Carly Rae Jepsen, Stadium of Fire. I believe there are about something around like over 2,000 bands and artists that submitted to enter this competition, and then 256 were chosen and split into four brackets of 64. And from that point on, in rounds of, of, of lengths of two days, anyone could go on and vote, select uh, a part of the bracket, and watch a video. Um, you know, it would pit one artist or band against another and vote. And uh, basically, it was a culmination of popular vote and a judge vote representing gig.com and a judge representing Steam of Fire that would get this artist to the next round and so on and so forth. Wow. Uh, and so do you ever hear your competition? I mean, you could if you just went online, but did you, did you ever say that this band seems like maybe they're in the same league as us? I mean, was it sweaty at all, or did you just know, we're going to, 2,000 band, bands, <laughs> we'll kill that. Or, or, or was there competition? Did you feel like maybe we won't make it? Through the grapevine, we heard of some pretty talented bands, and we were sweating pretty much the whole time because we knew that there were some other great bands and artists out there that we were going to go up against throughout the, throughout the competition. W were you there at the moment when you knew it was you guys? Uh, when we found out that we won? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the very end of the competition, the top four bands were selected and played a live show. 
Wow. And then the judges uh, selected us as the winners, and we all got to kind of celebrate there on stage. Oh, my word. And what about the other three bands? I'm always worried about those bands. I'm always worried about the people that didn't make it. Are they just, are they just slugs now, or did they, do you think they'll have, will they have good lives? Or You well, don't the, give a damn, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lot of great talent that made it to that night. And so everyone was just happy that we'd, we had gotten, you know, weeded, we were weeded through from th- hundreds of bands. And made it to the top four of that show. So even if we hadn't made it past that point, it would it would have been worth it. It would have been a lot of fun. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, some fan flew out from Oklahoma to see you. Do you know anything about that? I don't know about that. Make something up. <laughs> well, my notes tell me that someone flew out from Oklahoma to hear you guys play at the Stadium of Fire. Wow. I'm sticking to that story. And having heard you, so I understand we. why they would come from Oklahoma <laughs> or anywhere to hear you play. Because uh, we're now going to hear another great piece from this great band. This is one called Predator.
We Are the Strike, playing Predator on Highway 89. This is BYU Radio. I'm Tim Slover, and I'm joined once again by Chris Crabb. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. A little over the top, maybe, but (laughs) beautiful. Thank you. We appreciate that adjective. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. (laughs) Now, um, brass section. So you guys are just Chicago, right? Redux. You know, it's actually ironic you say that because... you know, when we first started, I, I, I got my inspiration with the horns and everything from, like, Tower of Power, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire, Parliament, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we kind of start formed a band, and everyone's like, oh, you guys like Chicago, like Chicago. Maybe because we're white, but. <laughs> um, Wait a minute. Chicago was white? Uh, what? I don't, yeah. So, yeah, ironically enough, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll admit I wasn't, like, a diehard Chicago fan, you know, going into it. You know, my, my Chicago knowledge was, like, you know, 80s pop rock, you know what I mean? Um, but going back and listening, they're, they're amazing. And uh, ironically, we played with uh, with Jason Chef. So. Yeah, let's talk about that. How did that happen? How did that come about? Yeah, no, that's a great question. We um, we played Stadium of Fire, and then there was a connection um, to the the Brunson Brothers studio, uh, Rock Canyon studio, mm-hmm. uh, Gaynor Brunson. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were looking for local talent. I guess he moved into the area or something, and so... Uh, he's, he, he does a you know show every month or something like that, and so they invited us to come play a couple songs with him, and it went really well. It's fun. Do you remember what you played by any chance? Yeah, yeah, we played. Uh, well, he played a couple of his tunes uh, on keys, uh, and then we played a couple of originals, and then he got up and played again, and then we played maybe a couple more originals, and then he got back on stage, and we played uh, with him. He's a diehard Elton John fan, so we played Benny and the Jets with him really? on keys. Yeah, he played the keys and 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 sang. Uh, and then we sang Superstition, and he played bass with us. Uh, and then we played um, Hard for Me to Say, I'm Sorry. Wow, what a set. Yeah. Well, uh, I understand that you all are spending time in a studio these days, and mm-hmm. uh, you're recording songs. Yeah. Uh, and you're recording uh, analog? We, <laughs> yeah. So Solarium Studio and Alpine, um, they acquired a new analog machine, Um and so they were looking for a band that could put down a live take. Um, I didn't so, know that new and analog went together. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Um, so, so you know, there's, there's kind of like the purists out there who feel that, like, analog recording is, you know, right. the purest form. And, you know, if you, you, you do digital, you can't pick up free, certain frequencies and things like that. So uh, they asked us to come in and put down a live take. And, um, and so, they, you know, it was kind of mutually beneficial. We would get a free track out of it. And then, you know, they'd be able to test their, their new machine and everything. So... Wonderful. Well, I've sampled your, some of your singles, like uh, Robbing Me Blind, uh-huh. on iTunes. And if I understand it right, help me out, you, the, you don't want to do a CD. You want to keep releasing singles. Talk about that. Yeah, well, I, I don't think we're opposed to releasing an album. You know, as musicians, like, I, I was raised, I'm an album person. I, I feel like most musicians are, like, album people, you know. We like the A's and the B-sides of the, of, the, of the album, you know what I mean? But we also realize that um, most people are not like that. You know, most music consumers are, um, you know, maybe less enthusiastic, which is fine. There's, there's, you know, tons of different marketplaces within music and everything. So um, kind of what we, we envision to do is to release triplets or uh, more... Um, uh, 
consumable amount of songs because typically what happens is an artist will release a release an album and maybe two or three of the songs off an album if they're lucky are hits mm-hmm. you know so to speak um and and the rest essentially uh, you know goes unnoticed whether or not those are stronger tracks or whether or not those just go unnoticed because of the sheer volume of tracks that are getting released you know we don't know so uh we, you know we're theorizing that p- perhaps if you released a smaller quantity of songs over over a span of time more frequently it would be easier to I don't know, to sell to a consumer. That's so, nice. And yeah. then they essentially make their own album. Yeah, exactly. So like within a year time period, we might record 12 tracks altogether. Perhaps we wanted to do an album, but we would re- re- uh, release three at a time. So, you know, say we had an album, it would be al- album volume one would be the first three tracks. And then, you know, three months down the road, that same year, we would re- release album volume two. And then at the end of the year, you have 12 tracks. That's an album. You just release it in, in volumes, essentially. So it's a little bit more manageable. Right. And you and, and as the consumer, as me, the consumer, I've been spending money all along and I've never even noticed it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've now and I've got a whole album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We are we, the strike. We believe like our, our whole vision is, you know, we want to marry uh, musicianship and technical music with popular music again, because uh, we feel like, you know, there was a time when the most technically talented artists like Stevie Wonder, for example, he's my hero. Um, you know, he could play the most ornate, intricate chord changes and still play a melody that people could really appreciate it and they appreciated the whole orchestration of the actual music portion of it. And so, you know, we want to marry that again. We feel like technical music has kind of become more obscure, almost like technical musicians, they don't want to be a part of popular music, you know, that they're selling out or something like that. But we, we don't necessarily agree with that. We feel like people can still, uh, we feel like the, the, the mass audience can still appreciate musicianship and still... Um, you know, get into that type of genre. Still. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Thanks. I mean, one of the things that impresses me is, you know, I've seen a YouTube of you guys playing for 40,000 people, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. And Thank now you. here you are in a pretty small room <laughs> playing essentially for each other and the 10 or 12 people that listen to this show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and you are just Thank as you good. I mean, you're still playing air guitar. I, I don't know yeah. if you, the listener, wanted to know that. But Chris plays oh, yeah. air guitar when I, he's not singing. Best air guitar player in the band. You know what I mean? For sure. And with that, uh, <laughs> it's incredible. I'm getting a lot of flack for that. <laughs> you have to go now and play another piece of music. Okay. Thank um, you very much. Uh, in fact, um, I don't know if this is prescient or not, but the next song that we get to hear from We Are The Strike is I'm Leaving You. I'm leaving you, baby I'm leaving you, girl Oh no Taking my heart back Cause I know that You give nothing in return Just cause you're here Does it mean I don't feel alone? No, I'm all alone Feels like I'm falling Hope that I can get out
We Are the Strike with their song, I'm Leaving You, here on BYU Radio. And I'm sorry to say that wraps up this session on Highway 89. The members of the band are frontman Chris Crabb on lead vocals, keyboard player Jake Justice, drummer Matt Millington, Rob Qualls on bass, Brady Bills and Chase Baker on guitars, and in the brass section, Austy Robinson trumpet, Marcus Anderson trombone, and sax player Miles Lawrence. It's been a fantastic hour. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And thank you, Chris, and thanks everybody in the band for being here. Can I just ask one more question? Of course. Whither we are the strike? What's next for you? Um, you know, I think we'll go as far as we can. We're going to record um, coming up here. And, uh, you know, just kind of keep the ball rolling, see what happens, you know. I mean, I think we're all that passionate that we're the opportunity to present itself to, to make it a career. I know I would, you know. And I think, uh, I hope the guys would come along. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's really fun. You know what I mean? They're so, nodding behind you. Yeah, so. amen. Okay, all right. So they're all on board. We're, we're going to make it at the top. <laughs> well, best of luck. Best of luck going forward. Right. We also want to thank the band's manager, Todd Schwartzman. Yeah, Todd. For setting up this performance. Thank you very much. We Are the Strike is a forward-thinking throwback band that mixes jazz and pop with layers of funky blues. They've performed on the same ticket as Kelly Clarkson, Carly Rae Jepsen, Jason Sheff, The Piano Guys, and Mason Jennings. They play concerts. More information about the band, their new music, and upcoming performances is available on We Are the Strike, all one word, of course, wearethestrike.com. And their tunes are available for purchase on iTunes, check them out. Also, drop us a line. We love to hear from you, our listeners. We welcome your comments and questions. To contact us, send an email to highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite, and the show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Tim Slover. Thanks for listening.